Every week in staff meeting, our team talks through one part of our mission, vision, and culture. And this portion of the podcast brings you into the room for those awesome messages. Be sure to share this episode with your team and come on, let's grow together. So I read a great verse on healthy leadership and a great perspective that I wanted to share with us today. And so 1 Peter 5, starting in verse 2, care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So that's a wonderful verse from Peter looking at the topic of leadership and what it means to have healthy leadership, especially within a church environment. And for us today, I want to take some time and continue to walk through our mission statement. Just recently, I was talking with Pastor Mike, and he told me that the mission statement that we have here at the church, of course, it it predates Megan and I being here. What I didn't realize is that uh, what Pastor Mike was telling me, this has been around for decades. Like the Word of Life mission statement has been around for decades, which by my calculation means that Word of Life had a mission statement before it was cool for churches to have mission statements. So we had this mission statement for years, and there's two things I want to point out about the fact that we have a mission statement that is as old as it is. The first thing is it has survived the test of time. The mission statement of our church, if it is still going strong and it is still adhered to decades later, it has truly survived the test of time. That's no small thing. The second thing, I mean this from my heart. If I sat down, if Megan and I went away and we had a weekend retreat, and the whole point of this weekend retreat was for us to be able to articulate what we would want to say about a mission statement for a church, what we care about, what's on our heart, what's our heartbeat, what's our passion for a church, we could not come up with a better mission statement than what Word of Life has. It's absolutely incredible that the church that we found a few years ago now, that we were able to step in and we were able to become lead pastors. The pre-existing mission statement sums up better our heart towards ministry than we could put into words ourselves. That, I find that absolutely incredible. It stood the test of time. We could not write a better mission statement for Word of Life. And the mission statement, one more time, is leading individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Jesus. Now, after some time reflecting on our mission statement, it made sense to me to break it up, to look at it closer, and to dig into it deeper. And I was able to sort of divide it up into six chunks, and then to consider all of them. And so that's what we're going to be doing in staff meeting uh, when I'm sharing with you over the next however long it takes. But those six chunks, I think, kind of give us a way to look at a deeper exploration of the mission and the vision statement. And I started this a few weeks ago, and we looked at the idea of, of Jesus. So really, we started at the end. We are faithful and effective followers of Jesus. So we looked at what it meant to be of Jesus and how it's always all about Jesus. The last time I spoke here and started sharing this message, I started to look at what it means to have our whole focus, for our attention, our gaze, our pursuit to be all about Jesus. That it's Jesus, that he is our motivation and our purpose. And the mission for the whole church, for the whole church, everybody that calls Word of Life their home church, it starts with leading individuals. So the last part is of Jesus. But if you go back to the beginning, leading individuals. And as we hear that, leading individuals, there's two ways that we can hear that. There's two ways that we can internalize that. The first is that my role in this mission is to lead the individuals. The second way we can hear that, the second way we can hear leading individuals is to conclude that my role in the mission is to be an individual that is led. We can listen to that phrase, leading individuals. 
And as we try to find our place in the mission of the church and our place in the culture and the community of Word of Life Church, we can look at it and we can say, leading individuals, okay, I need to be an individual that is led, or my responsibility is to lead the individuals. Now, the correct answer for each and every one of us is both. The answer will always be both. The calling for each and every member of our church is to be a leader that's positively impacting and positively influencing others. And also, it is a call for each and every person that's a part of our church to be a joy to be led. As we all seek together to fulfill the mission of the church, we want to have a positive level of influence. We want to make a positive difference by being a leader and taking that leadership responsibility seriously. But also, we want to be a joy to be led. We want to be an effective team member. We want to be an effective follower. Leading individuals, we need to be world-class at both following and leading. We need to be world-class at both following and leading. Now, in living at the mission of the church, I think a, a drive to be world-class at those things is perfectly reasonable. But I think this idea that we need to internalize, that our responsibility here at the church, it isn't to just lead the individuals. It is also to be one of the individuals that is being led. And this is all a mindset. This is a perception. One thing I want to state right now as I was thinking about this a lot over the past few days is that this is not about getting the balance right. So this idea of I want to be both a faithful and effective follower and I want to be a faithful and effective leader as we all seek together to lead the individuals, it's not about getting the balance right. It's not a balancing act to be world-class at this. Rather, it means that the whole church, every position, every stages of leadership, every department, Everyone knowing when it's time to take our place as a follower and when it's time for us to take the lead. It's not about balance. It's about being able to assess when it's the right time to step in such a role. When is it the right time that we rise up, we take responsibility, we, expect, we accept the role, we lead the way? And when is it time for us to be a team member that is championing things forward? It's not always about acting one certain way as convincing ourselves we've got the balance right. It's not about finding our default mode, but rather it's understanding when it's time to be a dependable, committed member of the team and when it's time to take responsibility and take others with me. I've got a, um, a few toys at our house. They belong to the kids, not me and Megan. But a few toys. Elijah's really into Hot Wheels tracks. So we have a bunch of Hot Wheels at the house. We also have this really cool thing got for Moses a couple of Christmases ago. It's a bunch of like uh, tracks that you kind of build together and then you drop marbles at the top and they go all the way down. It's really cool. One of my favorite things to do is to play that with him. It's awesome. And they also have scale electrics, you know, when you kind of build the track together and it plugs into the wall and you get the, you know, the, the remote and kind of the cars zip around and all that stuff. Well, one thing that will happen when you play these games, whether it's Hot Wheels or the marble thing or scale electrics, is that you, uh, there are times where you have to bomb it and you have to go really fast on the straight. When there's a straight, you have to go really, really fast. But then you come to a corner, and you have to slow down. If you're going to win the race in any of those games, there has to be a time where you know when it's time to speed up and a time when you know you have to speed, uh, slow down. When it comes to this, trying to find this, how do we live as both a leader and a follower, world-class leaders and a world-class follower, trying to find that and get it right is to know when it's time to slow down and be a leader and when it's time to speed up and be a team member. As there are times to take people with us, to invite people along with us on the journey. That's not when you speed up. You have to slow down. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to look to see who's with me in this. 
Who can I take with me? Who can I move forward in with this? Who's alongside me? Slowing down. If we're going to win the race, there are times where we have to slow down. Being aware of when it's time to slow down is key. And then there's times where it's, you know what? I need to move this mission forward. It is time for me to be a team member that is dependable and committed and someone that is a joy to work with. It is time for me to speed up and take the charge and run this thing forward as a follower. Being world-class are both. Now, a couple of uh, basic qualities of leadership. We've talked a lot about leadership, and I don't apologize about that, and I'm sure we're going to continue doing that, but these are just a few. A few qualities that stand out for a leader. Someone that takes responsibility. Someone that is determined to make it better. Someone that looks for opportunities. Someone that moves the mission forward. And also someone that has the awareness to understand the influence that they have. Leadership, I've said this before, but leadership is a realization, not a position. Leadership is a realization not a position. It's not waiting for someone to give you an official title or give you a name tag or give you, you know, an email signature. Leadership is understanding I have a level of influence. And it's understanding that and that realization of God has put me in a place where I have a positive influence over whatever arena of life. And I therefore have a responsibility to make a positive difference, to be a positive influence. That is stepping into leadership. It is a realization, not a position. These are basic qualities of leadership, but it's embracing that everyone has a level of influence. Being a world-class leader means getting a hold of those things. And also we can see some qualities of being a follower, someone that cares about the mission, someone that is determined to move things forward, someone that is great to work with, some basic things about being a, a great team member, simple things, being on time, having good levels of communication, being dependable, trusting that when they say yes, they mean yes, having strong levels of trust, someone that's supportive. And here's a good one, someone that disagrees appropriately. Not shouting down in the middle of a team meeting, not sending you something mean on a group text, but someone that will appropriately and rightly disagree with you in a healthy way. A good follower makes leadership a joy and moves the mission forward. A good follower makes leadership a joy and moves the mission forward. Now there's a a scripture from the book of Hebrews. And for pastors around the world, this is a bulletproof scripture. It is a silver bullet that you should not use often, <laughs> if ever. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. I think that's Megan's next tattoo. <laughs> Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Now, I've only ever pulled this scripture out one time. It was when a confrontation with a church member just went so far, there was no rationale, and it finally got to, where does it say, where, why should I listen to it? And I was like, okay, here we go. You're asking for a Bible verse, here it is. And I hope it's the only time I ever have to do that. But as leaders, we should recognize that this verse was not given so that pastors could bludgeon people into doing stuff. This was written, truthfully, to teach people how to be a good follower. It's not written for the benefit of leaders. It's written for the benefit of team members and followers and people in the congregation. For me, I, I shouldn't read this and think, this is how I can use this to get my own way. But rather to reflect how I relate with the elders, with the Assemblies of God leadership that I'm accountable to. It's, I shouldn't read this as, as a leader, I can use this as a means of getting what I want. But rather, it's a reminder of, Tom, this is how you need to conduct yourself as a healthy team member that honors God, 
wants to honor your team and wants to move the mission forward. The, this whole idea of you know, there being times where it, we need to be strong leaders that love God, that honor him, that love our team members. And then there are other times where we need to be followers and team members and we need to help move another mission forward and someone else's leadership forward. And the people that I think they kind of get that most is in a corporate structure where you have middle management. We have middle management in a corporate environment. You know, this idea of there being times where you're the boss and time where you're the team member, it makes complete sense. The problem is, and why that doesn't translate so neatly to church, is that there's an org chart that is rigid and it's set in stone. In church, it's not like that. We're a community of faith. There are many times where translating business principles to church is extremely difficult because in lots of ways, we're not like a business. We're not building an organization. Megan talked about that a while ago, but rather we're building a community of faith. You know, our lead is to be more like a family rather than a business, an enterprise. And so in that kind of idea, with that kind of picture, having a strict organizational chart is very difficult. It's not as neat and tidy as it is for a corporation. And I don't want it to be entirely like a corporation. It takes the maturity of people to say, this is a moment where I need to just do whatever needs to get done. And this is a moment where I need to step up and I need to recognize I'm responsible for driving this forward. I'm responsible for making this better. The easiest example that I could think of for myself, of course, as one of the pastors here at the church, a lot of what I do is leadership driven. But on church cleanup day, no one asks me anything because it is plain as day that I'm absolutely useless and I have no idea what is going on. And I'm okay with that. But there are other times too, where it's just, this is time to just pick up a rake and get rid of these leaves. There are times where that's what we have to do and that's okay. To help us be world-class at this, which is what I said, to be world-class, both followers and leaders, is to have that sensitivity and that understanding and the maturity to say, okay, this is time for me to put my hand to the plow and just get done whatever my leader is asking me to get done and I'm gonna do it with joy. I'm gonna be a blessing to them. And if I disagree, I'm gonna do it right. And then there's other times where it's like, okay, come on gang, we gotta get going. Let's get moving. How are we doing? What's everyone going on? Okay, you go here, you go there. There are times for both. And the maturity and getting this right is gonna mean all of us and hopefully church-wide us having the head on our shoulders to think this is when it's time to act like one over the other. Now for this to work, for this not to just be a theory, there's some mindsets that need to change. I wrote down a few and I'm sure if I spent more time thinking about this or if you spent more time thinking about this, you come up with other things. A few things I wrote down is that a position or title is not an indicator of value. A position or title is not an indicator of value. I have a biblical example for this that I often think about. When Jethro sits down with Moses and says, dude, you're doing this whole leadership thing wrong. You're burning yourself out. You're going to kill yourself. And he essentially says that you need to find people that can head up different groups of people and start getting some structure in this thing so you're not doing it all. And he says you need to find people that are qualified to work with 10, 50, 100, and 1,000. Now, the mistake we make as people is we would think of the people that are capable to lead a thousand as being superior to the person that's good to lead 10. But what we can all say, if we actually think about it for just a moment, is that the nature of leading a thousand is very different from leading 10. To lead a thousand, you just need to get up and just get everyone G'd up and tell everyone where we're going and come on everybody, let's go, which is fine. We need those people. To lead 10 means I'm gonna be involved in your life. I, I'm, I'm gonna learn your name. I'm gonna learn about your family. 
I'm going to meet your family. Your kids are going to know who I am. We're going to get involved in each other's lives. You're going to know me. You're gonna, I'm going to care about you. I'm going to cry with you when you're down. I'm going to rejoice when you find breakthrough. Someone that's leading a thousand isn't doing that. They can't. They've got a thousand people. They've got 999 other people to worry about. It's a very different thing, but the mistake we fall into is we look at one as more valuable than another. It's a faulty way to look at this. And certainly in the eyes of God, it's a, it's a world's way of looking at this, is that one is superior over another. We really need to break out of that. It's not healthy. So the whole idea of position or title is not an indicator of value. Next thing, next mindset that needs to change is that being a follower is insignificant. Being a follower is insignificant. That is a faulty thinking that needs to be corrected. Anybody that does anything is making a difference, is moving the mission forward. God, in his grace, uses all of it. Here's the next one, next perception that needs to change. Only leaders make a difference. Only leaders make a difference. The amount of times that I'll hear praise reports from somebody that had a wonderful meeting and a wonderful encounter with somebody, and it's not somebody that's a paid member of staff, is huge. And that is how it should be. Only leaders make a difference. Nope. Nope. That is not the mindset we should have. Second thing. I can't lead unless I have a position. That's a mindset that needs to change. I can't lead unless I have a position. Everybody has a level of influence. I've mentioned this sociological study a number of times, but they looked at introverts. People that are extreme introverts that will work hard to get away from crowds and get away from people and hide away and you know, just be hermits by themselves. Like the extreme introverts. Those people, it's estimated, will influence up to 10,000 people over the course of a lifetime. Now that's the extreme introverts. That's the people that are working hard to not influence people will still influence 10,000 people over a lifetime. What about people that actually will have the gumption to leave their house in the morning? Like how many people are we going to, I have no idea how many people we're going to influence over a lifetime, but I want it to count. And if we're waiting for a position, we're going to dampen what we could be doing and how effective we could be. I can't lead unless I have a position. Nope, we need to get rid of that thinking. Next thing. This, oh, this was, oof. Good followers are easy to replace. That mindset needs to change. Good followers are easy to replace. Anybody that's led a volunteer team knows that's not the case. Knows that's not the case. Followers are not dispensable. Followers are not easily forgettable. These people drive our teams forward. When we are in that follower position and we're on that seat, we are driving things forward. The idea that it's easy come, easy go, absolutely faulty thinking. We need to change that. Great followers are easy to replace. Definitely not. Next thing. Leaders don't have to roll up their sleeves. Leaders don't have to roll up their sleeves. Definitely not. And I believe this is something that Word of Life has. I believe this is a quality that we've embraced. I don't think that we have prideful leadership. I also think the pastor Randy role modeled this unbelievably well. But that is thinking that cannot exist if we're trying to get this right in being both world-class leaders and world-class followers. Is this idea that leaders don't have to roll up their sleeves? Definitely not. Next thing. Team members just have to fog a mirror and turn up. Nope. Team members just have to fog a mirror and turn up. Anybody that has had somebody on their team that fogs a mirror and turns up knows there's more to the story. All right, here's another good one. This is the last one. Promotion will mean I'm above being a team member or follower. Promotion will mean I'm above being a team member or follower. 
Absolutely not. Let me repeat that verse from 1 Peter we read a moment ago. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. When the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Care for the flock. Don't do this grudgingly. Don't focus on what we do or do not get out of it. But serve and lead because you're eager to serve God. Don't hold positions over people, but provide a good example. Accept the leadership responsibility. Live with humility. And as always, if everyone did what you're doing, are things getting better or worse? Lord Jesus, you're incredible. Lord, the whole institution of the church was your idea. It was your plan. You started it. You founded it. And you're keeping it going. And it is a true privilege to be a part of it. Lord, help us to be good leaders that lead by example, that truly love the people that you've trusted to us. And Lord, help us be good followers. Firstly, followers of you that put you first above it all. And Lord, whoever we're accountable to, whoever we're submitted to, Lord, help us do it with a good spirit, a good attitude and the right heart. And Lord, above all of it, I hope that we show love to anyone and everyone that needs it. That we would see people come home. We would see the mission of this church move forward. We would see this mission fulfilled as you continue to do a great work in Baldwinsville and the greater Syracuse area. Lord, we love you, we trust you, and we believe you're moving. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen, amen.